Demons Discuss, Take 50, The One with the Enigma. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hi, guys. Hello. Greetings, everyone. Hey. What are we talking about today, Jean? It's take 50, so you know what that means. What does that mean? A character study on the tens. On the tens. <laughs> We're like the weather channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weather on the eights. And today, we get to talk to that girl with that way awesome coat. Wardrobe, Miriam. On the TV show, yeah. we were just, well, just talking about this off. Like, book Miriam. Miriam on the, yeah, book Miriam and TV show Miriam had a slight variation on the same hot topic type of thing, mm-hmm. type of vibe. I wouldn't say exactly hot topic on the TV show. She's no. pretty badass on the TV God. show. I want her, I want to live in her closet on the TV show. <laughs> just saying. Right, I, I do kind of live in her closet on the TV show. Yeah, I you saying? do. <laughs> <laughs> I saved everything. What am I saying? Oh, God. So um, how we wound up with this character study, because we were shaky on this for a little while because we know that we had to get to Shadow of Night. We're trying to get through Shadow of Night before the next season starts. However, we're like, let's throw it to the listeners. And the listeners took a vote. So here's the dichotomy. On our Facebook group, most people voted for chapters. In the discusser emails, most people voted for character study. So character study one but by a margin of two. So here you go, guys. And for those of you not getting your chapter, you'll get it next time. Okay, so everybody will be happy. And there we go. So this podcast is sponsored by our wonderful listeners. These people are the ones we owe everything to. And in turn, these are the people that we care about pleasing besides amusing ourselves, you know. And why shouldn't we? Our listeners are the ones most invested in our success, literally. They throw (laughs) us cash for resources. And in turn, what do we do for them, Angela? Well, we provide an after show. So when we're not doing our regular show to the public, they get an additional dose of demons. And on the off weeks, they get an after show. And that can range, uh, (laughs) if you listen to the last one especially, sometimes you just don't know. We scramble at the last minute. We scramble during to see what what you're going to (laughs) get. I think it was Grim Reaper somehow and and ghosts and... um, Yeah. Yeah. And then how whack we did on the freaking book club question. Right. <laughs> Basically, we say demons were just like you. <laughs> so if you want to witness that travesty, that was the last <laughs> that was the show. It was kind of funny, though. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss two bucks. We'll get you in there with the after show. Put you on our list of beautiful sponsors and all will go well. Yay! We have a motto around here. Do better. We, we'll try this week for the after show. <laughs> <laughs> we were so rusty. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right. That takes us to discuss your emails. Who's got something for us? I do. Okay. I have one. I think this is the first time writing in from Brenna. She says, hi, demons. I actually have a few thoughts on Miriam and her backstory. We know from the All Souls Companion that she's of North African and Semitic descent with over a thousand years uh, by the time the Crusades and has a dark shadowy past. But we don't know the particulars of the said past, which I find rather disappointing. I don't know. I think all in due time. 
Based on her genetic heritage and her namesake, I've always assumed that Miriam was Jewish and that she originally hailed from Levant in her human life. I also have this headcanon that Miriam witnessed the fall of Jerusalem when Nebuchadnezzar invaded in the 6th century BC and that she was turned at this time to ensure the safety of her family when they were exiled. Now, I don't have any textual evidence to back this up, but with what we know of Miriam's personality, I think her loyalty and selflessness would have been established early on, long before she met Matthew and promised to keep him safe. Well, Brenna, we are nothing if not theorizing around here. So we appreciate yeah. <laughs> the theory. <Yeah. laughs> I hope to hear from you guys on Friday. Wish granted, Brenna. XOXO, yeah. Brenna. Thank you, Brenna. And I think this is actually the second time we're hearing oh, from Brenna. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for writing back. Glad we didn't scare you off the first time. Who's next? <laughs> I have one from Christine. Oh, thanks, Christine. Hi, demons. Character study on Miriam. Great choice. She's a complex character and one I'd love to learn even more about. First, she protects Matthew because she promised her mate to do so after way too short a time with him. He died for Matthew in the Declaremonts and made her promise to keep up the job. It is truly a strong person to not blame Matthew for his death. I love her strength and seeing her as mother to Phoebe shows much more of her character and strength. She is small, courageous, and very smart. I would never want to be put up against her. She has a strong heart and as shattering as heartbreaking as parts of her life has been, she keeps moving forward. She stands up to Matthew when she needs to, but I know he listens to her too. She has a wisdom that comes from many losses. It seems few women lead families, and yet she is ahead of hers, as small as it is, and she is up to the task. I love that she uses all the resources she has available to her and uses them wisely. Miriam is a force in and of herself, and the Declaremonts, but especially Matthew, need to acknowledge how lucky they are to have her. Take care, demons. Though I can't make the con this year, I hope our paths cross again someday. Until then, I'll keep listening and responding as I am able. Sincerely, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I have one from Chloe. Hello, Chloe. She says, hi, demons. I love Miriam, so I was really excited to get this email. Miriam is a series of contradictions and mystery, to quote Winston Churchill. Miriam is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside of an enigma. So, okay, just for transparency, enigma, the title, Jean came up with that, but then later on I was like, ah, did we do that before? And I recognized it from your email, Chloe. So well done. Yay. Her relationship with Matthew leaves a lot of questions about her life as a vampire with Bertrand and why she has still remained so loyal to Matthew all these centuries later. We wonder, too. We'll get into that. (laughs) Her fascination with science makes me wonder what she's like when she was human. Did she develop this before being turned or was it after? In Time's Convert, even though she's strict, you can see Miriam enjoys parenting and had children, though most died. I would want to know more about that. Those are my thoughts. I would rant for hours, but I know you need to read other emails. Thanks for the show. I love it. Your vampire down under, Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you you, you for your consideration. Yay. (laughs) Uh, Angela, you have the next one? I do. I have one from Chi. She says, hello, Miriam is one of my favorite characters in the trilogy. She is badass vampire who's intelligent, fierce, and loyal. Matthew Claremont and the clan are so lucky to have her in their pack. I like Miriam, the books, and Miriam, the TV ad- adaptation. I think the actress, Aisha Hart, plays Miriam well. The costume department did a pretty good job for dressing Miriam as a character. Her wardrobe is to die for. I hope Miriam will find a love interest or a companion someday. At the end of the day, it's a long journey for a vampire to go through a lifetime after a lifetime alone. It would also be fun to see her having a fling with Chris, the scientist. Thanks for reading my ramblings, and thank you for your dedication. See you in Cardiff, Chi. 
Thank you, Chi. And Chi is a new discusser. So welcome to Discusserdom, Chi. Yay. Yay. I have one from our goddess, Melanie. Hello, Melanie. Hello. Hello, Mel. And she says, hey, lovely demons. I have to admit that on my first few reads of the All Souls trilogy, I didn't think very much of Miriam. She was a supporting character of the trilogy, but I didn't think she played a major role in moving the plot forward other than being somewhat hilarious, slant, annoying sidekick. (laughs) (laughs) I think what added to that is how she plays her cards very close to the vest. She gives a bit here and there, but mostly keeps her thoughts to quips and jabs. I think that it wasn't until I started listening to your podcast that I started to wonder about her more and became more intrigued with her character. What is her history? How has that influenced her? She's such a strong female. How did that play out in her human years and throughout her early vampire years? How did she become so dedicated to Matthew? Yes, I know Bertrand was close to him, but I would think it would be so difficult to be beholden to someone who is the cause of your mate's Mm -hmm. death. I love seeing more of her on her sire side in Times Convert, which definitely fleshed out her character a bit more. And I also think that seeing Aisha Hart's interpretation of the character has made her much more interesting and badass. The coat swing really needs to be made into a gif. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what's in store for the show. Let's say, yeah, Miriam, I hope we get more of her in any future novels from Deb. Kisses to you all and can't wait to see you all in Cardiff. Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. Thanks, Mel. And that was it for our discusser email. So that means we're going to start the wagon and let you know that this chapter discussion is brought to you by Shelly Carter. Thank you, Shelly. Thanks, Shelly. Okay. Since we're doing a character study, we're kind of loosey-goosey. We're going to start with when we first met her. Ooh. And when we first met her was in the Bodleian. Do we have a passage? Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, yeah. I don't. I don't have the passage up, but I'm. Yeah. Uh, I'll look it up. All right. It's it's. Hey, guess what I have? It's an ebook. Get <laughs> 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 me to the chapters. Get me to the. Ch- Do you remember which chapter that was around Six, when? It says. Okay, here we go. We met her with this. A diminutive girl was stacking up papers and file folders in the second alcove. She was dressed in a long baggy brown sweater that reached almost her knees. When she turned, I was startled to see a full-grown adult. Her eyes were amber and black and as cold as frostbite. Even without their touch, her luminous pale skin and unnaturally thick glossy hair gave her away as a vampire. Snaky waves of it undulated around her face and over her shoulders she took a step towards me, making no disguise the swift sure movements gave me a withering glance this was clearly not where she wanted to be and she blamed me miriam claremont called softly walking out into the center aisle he stopped short and a polite smile shaped his lips dr bishop good morning he raked his fingers through his hair which only made him look more artfully tussled i patted my own hair self-consciously and tucked away a straight strand behind my ear good morning professor claremont back again i see yes but today i won't be joining you in the selden inn they've been able to accommodate us here where we won't disturb anybody the female vampire wrapped a stack of papers sharply against the top of the desk claremont smiled may i introduce my research colleague dr miriam shepherd miriam 
This is Dr. Diana Bishop. Dr. Bishop, Miriam said coolly, extending her hand in my direction. I took it and felt a shock of the contrast between her tiny cold hand and my own larger, warmer one. I began to draw back, but her grip grew firmer, crushing the bones together. <laughs> when she finally let go, I had to resist the urge to shake out my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where oh. we met Miriam. What were your impressions throughout this? I mean, throughout this chapter and the next several chapters when we encounter Miriam. Oh, man. The first word in my head was officious. Officious. That's a good word. Yeah. I like it. I knew someone just like her. She was, she worked with me and she was whip smart, intelligent, just no nonsense. I mean, yeah. say how you feel, think how, say what you think. Um, in fact, she, and she was small. She, I would, I mean, Miriam is described as five feet in the world of all souls, but I would say this person was maybe 4'10, 4'11, but slender. And you were intimidated to ask her a question like <laughs> that, that, even in the normal course of business. Because, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and don't you just, wonder too to her i mean especially over the millennium millennia that she has seen a petite woman to begin with has a hard time because everybody wants to infantilize you i mean first you mm-hmm. first you get mansplained and then you get infantilized on top of it because you're tiny and petite and i mean even diana like thought it was a child until she turned around right i can see exactly why she's officious and no nonsense and doesn't sugarcoat and pulled the whole handshake power play i get it yeah and I don't yeah. fault her for it. I kind of like that she wasn't going to like back down at all to Matthew or anybody else. And and here's here's another thing as you read it out loud for the first time mm-hmm. that really occurs to me. Matthew showed his tell right there. What was he worried oh, about? With his hair. What yeah. was he worried oh. about right there? What Miriam was going to do? Yeah. I know. Possibly the meeting. It's like, hmm. That's a good call. Yeah. Very good call. Good call. Because, yeah, he, he only does that when he's uh, <laughs> when something, nervous. When something bad may be going down or he's realizing his idea may not have been so good. Yeah. This this might have been bad. Why am I introducing these <laughs> what two? What am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> these two fiery women meeting each other. I don't know. This could end bad. So, yeah, you're right. When I met her, I thought of my mother when she was younger. I mean, I don't think this woman, she claimed she was five feet, but she was like four, ten, mm-hmm. four, eleven. We used to laugh because she used to weigh the least in our house when I was a teenager. But you could hear her upstairs because <laughs> she would stomp. She's deliberate. Which, yeah. You could hear her traveling down the hall. And I don't think she weighed more than 120 pounds. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom. I'm like, oh, my God, she stomps like that. And then if she wanted to get in your face, she always made sure she was like, we had a house where there were a lot of steps, like a step down into this is in the 70s, step down into the living room, step up into the family room. It's it's kind of weird. She'd always make sure she was in a step above so she can look you in the eye and tell you what you thought (laughs) thought of you. (laughs) So it's I kind of had that same impression in a younger person. And I did think she was dressing straight out of Hot Topic. So I kind of pictured this gothy girl kind of a little bit. Hey, now. Semi-goth. Hey, now. Semi-goth. I'm not talking about you. (laughs) Don't don't be shaming the goth look. 
Oh, I don't care. I think it's great. We talked about this a little bit before uh, we recorded, but just the preciseness of her snapping down her pencil. Um, I just picture it as like a very precise, I'm going to dot my eye, I'm going to cross my T. <laughs> but if we learn something from Times Convert, how much control that takes. I mean, she, a normal baby vampire would <laughs> break the pencil, would break yeah. the desk, would yeah. rip a hole yeah. in the paper, dotting an eye. <laughs> Put know? a yeah. hole on the concrete floor. Yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, she had to let Matthew know that she wasn't pleased without spilling it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you got me doing what? Where? How? Okay, how am I going to do this? I'm going to slam my pencil. Yeah. I mean, this mm-hmm. this first meeting, though, I took her as a junior vampire. Calling. Yeah. Me too. And is she older than Matthew? By yes. a lot. Yeah, by a lot. Yeah, exactly. Because he said, uh, my assistant? What did he say? My research colleague. My research colleague. She knew better but, uh, than to why? call her assistant. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's the thing, though. That's something my mind did. My yes, mind correct. put her in, in, in that assistant category. So, yeah, maybe size is a thing because I'm thinking, oh, she's small. Right. She's tiny, but fierce. Her- maybe that's who Shakespeare was talking about. Right. And Matthew seems to be giving her orders. So I thought subordinate. I My mind automatic. Yeah. Yeah. So I also didn't know this world. And I didn't, I mean, I, we didn't even know how old yeah. Matthew was at this point. I didn't realize that vampires could be, it didn't occur to me. I mean, obviously it can, it, it can be, but um, that she could be that old. Well, yeah. here's the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting. I think Deb almost subconsciously led us that way because we also later on down the line when Isabel gives Diana the lecture about you need to listen to Matthew because he's the strongest vampire in the, in the house. Yeah. I think there's a subliminal way that while Miriam knows more, knows better than Matthew, that she's still deferential to the quote unquote strongest vampire in the house, who's Matthew. Right. Even right. with his, the fact he's a mess. Yeah. Mess doesn't factor yeah. in the strongest vampire in the yeah. house. Well, that just adds to it. Yeah. The, the hot mess <laughs> just amplifies everything. But I mean, <laughs> even in this introductory passage, you, you get that whole sense of vampire hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. I was also, I mean, I misled myself. It wasn't anything in the text, but because she's paired up with Marcus so frequently in the lab, and then we find out his history, a little bit of it. That yeah, he, we yeah. have a baby. her. Right. Yeah. And, and the whole thing of it is, is we don't get any kind of clue otherwise until... After Juliet's attack and she says, you know, slow your roll, Matthew. I've been taking care of warm bloods long before you were even a vampire. And that's like, yeah. oh, boy. Whoa. Right? That was like yeah. a big fat what the fuck moment. Yeah. So we'll probably compare book and TV, Miriam. But what do you make of? And I, I think it's kind of fascinating, actually, that she's described with luminous pale skin. And in the world of all souls, she has a dark complexion. So I mm-hmm. take it at this is I don't know, Discovery Witches 101, where Deb is fleshing out her characters. And maybe uh-huh. Miriam showed her who she really is. Um, yeah. And that's the change, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Right. You know, I didn't have a clear picture in my mind what she actually was. or I just know she had pale skin and dark hair. Yeah. And yeah. And I think for me, I I thought she was, like Angela said, I, I, I before World of All Souls came out, I got the, to the point where she's definitely Semitic, maybe Jewish, maybe of some sort of Arabic descent. When Deb mm-hmm. gave us the clues about what her scent, which was the gabalum yes. and, the, and the pomegranate, which is all from Lebanon. Israel, the Holy Land, from that that part of the world, which has yeah. kind of led me to the fact that she's probably 
Arab, Arabic descent. Middle Eastern. Yeah, Middle Eastern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember thinking about her height, though, that if she, uh, she seemed childlike. And I thought, well, how small was she before she was a vampire? If that rule applies that when you're a vampire, you get slightly larger. Yeah. Yeah. Very, she That's was a book very rule. petite. <laughs> I don't know. I, I um, The TV show, she she looked like a Miriam to me. Yes. Immediately. Oh, yeah. Immediately. Yeah, she's tall, but she's also, also always wearing those sky-high boots. Yeah. Yes, true. And, but she is tiny. Yes. And and, and she's fast. Uh-huh. And I know Marcus said something about that in uh, the end of Discovery Witches, where she was trying to take the lab results to Diana so she can see. And Matthew was really pissed at her. Uh-huh. And she's like, huh, I wonder if it's safe to bring her the lab results. And Marcus is like, I don't know. Matthew's kind of mad. And she zipped right by him. It's like, <laughs> oh, she's she's kind of fast. Yeah. <laughs> when Sarah's like, whoa, what the hell? It's like, oh, yeah, she's really fast. <laughs> so, yeah, I knew she was fast and quick and agile yeah. as she demonstrated on the TV show when she took Juliet down in that one oh, uh, that scene, scene that oh, we yes. didn't get. Yeah. Well, she had to be fast to get there so quick. Well, right? yeah. <laughs> but here's the, here's the other thing, too, is, I mean, even in the TV show, I still got a sense of her being petite, which probably yes, is like yes. totally counterintuitive, but... Everybody on TV is petite in real life. Well, but though. I'm just saying, yeah, she looked t- she looked fair. I, we know that Ed is tall and Matthew's tall. Yeah. And even though she did seem to have, you know, she did didn't seem to be as short as Teresa. She still came across as petite, even yeah, when she right. was standing with Matthew over by that flower, by the flower cellar in the square over in Oxford. She still read petite. Yes. And that's saying that, I mean, she's wearing larger than life clothes, the coat, the leather pants, the boots. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> you don't appear on TV <laughs> with that, that wardrobe and still pe- appear petite. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, part of her wardrobe was beefing her up too, yeah. like a cobra mm-hmm. when they uh, <laughs> flex themselves. It's part of that. Mm. And I noticed that a lot about a lot of small people, too. They make themselves noticeable because I couldn't imagine. I don't know. I'm tall for a woman. So most people don't miss me coming. I am big and tall. and You, you see me. But if I were ever my mother's height, I think people would be looking straight over my head. You have to do something to make yourself visible. So I don't know. OK, so the and then the next time we meet her, she is pacing Diana on the way to the bookstore to have lunch where she meets. It's Agatha. And what'd you guys think of that? Where Matthew sent her on this fool's errand of following Diana? <laughs> I mean, it just reinforced my thought that she was junior. Yes. Yes. It's like, why would she do this? But, you know. Yeah. Why would she do it to me? Uh, he was treating her as a junior. But on the other hand, she's like, I got to keep a handle on this thing because God knows he, he's off doing what the fuck ever. What is going on here? I need to figure out what the hell yeah. is going on with this witch And I'm not going to get it fa- tra- trailing along with Matthew. So I better just do this. Right. So do you think the conversation on the TV show where he is um, in the lab, okay, he's in the lab looking at her picture and she walks in and says, what's going on? And and Matthew's saying, she's got the book. She's got the book. And she's like, what? What's really going on? And we didn't see that in the books. Do you think that really happened in Deb's head that they had that conversation, the book of life that uh, Diana had it and they had that conversation with Marcus saying, okay, we're going to get the book of 
of life. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Diana Bishop. Yeah, it does make sense. It does. Yeah. Because so. I think that's how he got her involved, I think. It's like, well, oh, and when look. Matthew called her and he's like, did you feel it? Did you feel that too? Our blood. It's our blood is reacting to yeah. the book. That was when we first met her on the TV show when she's like, did you feel that? And while she was on the phone, that was the first time we ever saw Miriam. Yeah. So there's a little bit of divergence in action, but it's, I take it because in the books, we only saw Diana. We only Mm -hmm. saw Diana's point of view. So here comes Miriam out of the blue. Meanwhile, she's been back briefed by Matthew this whole time. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, presentation is everything because we're presented with Miriam that way. She doesn't appear to be junior, although she could have done the same tasks by following Diana and doing the same thing as in the books. But because we get that larger view and that, I don't know, action that happens before the action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get definitely a more omniscient point of view. Well, and the other thing is, too, is we really only get Matthew working across from her one day in the library. And that's it. Whereas in the books, we have the luxury of a little more time. So you've got him showing up and then you've got him showing up again with Miriam and it turning into a thing. Right. But with with eight episodes, we didn't have the luxury of that time, just like we didn't have the luxury of having both dinners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the introduction of Miriam with with the disturbance of their blood was kind of a way to bring that on bring that forward and not have the need for more time in the bod yeah i like that she established much quicker and uh, larger command of the lab in the tv show because when marcus shows up it's almost like she hasn't seen him in a while instead of being a daily colleague you know she's hello marcus yeah yeah i love that (laughs) yes and then she she says not in my lab like so you you, right away you know she's in charge she's in charge large and in charge yeah and in the books when we next meet miriam we're meeting her in the lab and then Marcus runs in with his uh, converse. He's like, hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> he rolls in on his chair with his converse. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm here. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Oh, God, I love it. I think I you guys have been watching Evil Genius or, and no, Friends too much. You're, you're kind of like, <laughs> those plot lines are, are seeping into Discovery Witches. <laughs> oh, come, like, full disclosure. Like I've it's had a bad three thing. weeks of Netflix friends, honestly, <laughs> keep me company at work anyway. <laughs> so what was your impression of her in the lab, in the books and in the TV show? I mean, uh, when Diana was there. I think even Matthew was a little bit afraid of going against her, her rules in the lab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. she was the compliance officer. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> true. And after that, I don't believe we meet her again until the Bishop House, right? Not in right. the books. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the books. But we see her throughout in the TV show yeah. where she's scolding Matthew and telling him, vampires and witches, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Dude, I'm the only one who made it. Trust me on this. I just yeah. love her in the show because then she's like, you need to, when she's telling Marcus, uh, you need to call Baldwin now. Yeah. yeah. Call Baldwin. I Where's love my checklist? That. This is, this is an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> this is a contingency. And he doesn't even question her. He's just like, yes, yeah. Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we meet again in the Bishop House, her and Sarah, you can tell they're both snappy people. Mm-hmm. So that was very interesting. But to see it on the show was better. Yes. Yes. I loved it. Better. I loved it. Well, was it when she accidentally time walked? When Miriam's like sitting at the table looking at rocks and whatever and doing her science, <laughs> like doing her, I'm pretending to do sciencey things, but I'm really kind of just monitoring the situation and eavesdropping thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love that. I don't know why I loved it so much, but the look on her face was just brilliant. I, well, and the thing is, we got to see a nice how they did this with Matthew pacing back and forth like an expectant father. Uh-huh. And and then she he's waiting on Diana to show up. And we didn't get to see this in the books. But she's like, Matthew, relax. You know, Stop it. he's like, what if she gets lost? What if something happens? What if? And then when Diana shows up, he's like, I knew you could do it. And I, I kept thinking Miriam saying bullshit. Shit, you didn't know she right. Was <laughs> well, and what's funny is because she kind of dropped her stuff, like, and she was surprised. And here she is being the cool one, saying, "Matthew, relax." And then she was right. actually shocked that it happened too. I it's know. Like, oh shit! This bitch can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I. Oh god. Miriam was really. I mean, I think uh, Aisha made her really stand out yeah. in the TV show. I absolutely and adore her. They really brought her into focus, and what a great character she is. She's, I'm a fan now. I am After too. the TV show. And, and not to get into Marcus and, and Ed Blumel, but these two characters are, are to me standouts now. And I'm so happy that Times Convert exists so we can get more oh, of them both. Oh my gosh. Oh, after yes. Times Convert, I was like so in love with her. Did we even see Miriam? We didn't really see Miriam in uh, Shadow of Night, did we? No, no not at no. all. So the next time we see her is in Book of Life. And that's in at Yale, isn't it? In the science building? Is that when the first she shows time up, we see she her shows again? up yes. in Chris's lab, yeah. And uh, she came over and dressed Chris down and let him know that she's in charge of this yeah, lab. Yeah, didn't she come over because Benjamin surfaced somehow? Oh, that she was made the, the phone conversation. Yeah, she made the call to Matthew. Yes. Yeah, because he called and threatened her or Jason or and mm-hmm. it was put in the video feed yes. so she can see this witch getting tortured. Yeah, we heard from her and we heard that she was really scared. Yeah, which was very scary because it was like, Miriam's scared. That's not good. Yeah, she was shaken. Oh, right. That was at September when she first called and said, oh, this is the whole reason why they headed back to Madison. Mm-hmm. When she called and she said, Benjamin, he's calling. And, and he and then she was worried about Jason and she, there was yeah. a lot of things she was worried about. So look at it from Benjamin's perspective. Why do you think he contacted Miriam? Mm. That's a good question. To get Matthew's attention. Yeah. That opens up a whole nother can of worms. I mean, she was around when that all happened. Yeah. And she was like present present as in in Jerusalem when all that happened. And it kind of makes me wonder what kind of independent contact she had had with Benjamin and what she knew about him. She knew a lot if she was scared shitless. Yeah. And my, and my other question was, too, is we were it all got really muddy about whether they thought he was still alive or not. But I mean, her reaction wasn't so much, oh, my God, Benjamin contacted me. I can't believe he's still alive. But it was like, oh, shit, he contacted me. Oh, shit. He still walks this earth. Yes. Somebody needs to do something. Yeah. Right? Yes. And like like you said, um, now that you put it that way, she had the perfect delivery to get Matthew's attention. Yeah. Yeah. And then we meet her in the lab and she lets Chris know that this is her lab and yeah. we're doing things her way. And I didn't really have a different impression of her in Book of Life as I did in Shadow of Night. I Or, or not Shadow of Night. Discovery, uh, Discovery of, Witches. of Witches. But we got to see a lot more of her yeah. versus the little bomb she dropped at dinner with Sarah in a Discovery of Witches. Uh, oh, shit. I was so upset we did not get that in the show. Speaking of which, when she just goes, Conceptio. 
Yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, that whole whole business in the book with her just kind of like, like you said, throwing her little hand grenades into the conversation. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I mean, and keeping score while they're fighting in the other room, all of that. Because it's like, yeah, she's one of those people where it's like, okay, you this info needs to get out. She, I'm going to no, do it. Well, she, know, she knows what's going on and it, it, she uses her, her stature to her advantage because people tend to forget she's around. And like I said, the whole infantilizer habit she has used to her advantage because people underestimate her consistently, yeah. I suppose, not just because of her physical presence, but because she looks so young. Yeah. yeah. And also she was the one that dropped the bomb to Emily and Sarah about Jillian being dead. Yes. Now, this is strictly book Jillian yes. because TV Jillian's still walking this earth. Don't get me started about TV Jillian. <laughs> yeah, so she threw that bomb in there and caused a big ruckus and Sarah about kicked everybody out the house. Except the house said no. <laughs> yeah. And Emily's crying over Jillian and we're like, really? Because Jillian's kind of an asshole. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> there's there was so many things going on and Mir- I just picture Miriam sitting back and saying, yeah, that did it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) My work here is done. I mean, this would have added nothing for the show whatsoever, but I love a little book bits of Miriam playing Scrabble and using archaic words and, you know, enjoying popcorn and film noir. Yeah. (laughs) We saw a lot of that. In Book of Life, we see that she flirts a lot with Chris. What else does she? She wore some really cool t-shirts. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's for sure. And... She became a knight. I know. She was one of the first women to become a knight. That was great. It was good to see her kick ass that way. But still, after we finished Book of Life, what did we really know about her? Not much other than she was going to toy with the human guy for a while because she was bored. (laughs) She needed entertainment. And, uh, you know, uh, how he's described, I'm sure he was good looking. So why not have a toy? (laughs) (laughs) There, this is a side note. There's that passage uh, or Gallo Glass. Was it Gallo? Glass had said, don't let Diana walk through New Haven Green by herself. Uh, even Miriam would think be twice. frightened. Yeah. You would think twice about it. Diana said to Chris, don't let Miriam walk through the circle by herself. It was Miriam. Even okay. She, yeah. yeah. Even though she's a vampire, still walk her home. Okay. So what did I do when I visited New Haven? I got lost and had to cross the New Haven Green. <laughs> <laughs> it was during the day. So I was relatively safe. But that, oh, that, that is like the nucleus of wackadoodles. In New Haven. (laughs) So I can definitely see why he said that. But that's all I could think of. Like, oh, my God, even Miriam wouldn't be walking through here right now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, God, that's a lot of blood. She's got to suck to calm down down the situation. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, so uh, let's talk about her description in the world of all souls. Shit, do I even have this loaded on my phone? (laughs) We're about to see. (laughs) I've got the physical books, so I found it. You got it? Yes, I do. All right. Get to the Miriam part. Oh, the Miriam part. Let's start with the meaning of her name. It's Hebrew. Okay. It's Hebrew, and it means either wished for child or perhaps rebellious. Hmm. There you go right there. Maybe both. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe one more than the other. I don't see her as rebellious, though, at all. Well, just in some actions, I think. Well, she could be rebellious in that she's one of the first or a few female clan heads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is true. But I don't think that makes her a rebel. I think. Do you think that was by circumstance or by plan that she's a clan head? I kind of got the impression it was by plan. Okay. And have we ever established how you become a clan head? No. 
Deb's not clear on that yet. Because I was like, okay, was it because Bertrand is gone? No, she didn't. Or... I don't think she took over as, as head of Bertrand's clan because part of the conversation about her being a clan head had to do with the fact that she had daughters. Right. And, and had built a clan. So it wasn't a matter of her taking over another clan, running the clan with Bertrand's children. Right. Though I, maybe after Bertrand died, Jason became part of her clan. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. So we're not quite sure how clans are actually formed. In the the world of All Souls, it just says she keeps in touch with Jason and doesn't really sound like he's in her clan. Oh, okay. But she seems more dutiful to me than rebellious. I mean, by her own choosing. No one's telling her what she should and shouldn't do. She does Mm -hmm. it all by choice. Right. Oh, yeah. So how about her role in watching Matthew? Oh, gosh. That breaks my heart. Yeah. So that was because she promised Bertrand. That was was basically his deathbed wish or deathbed command to her to keep an eye on him. Talk about a burden. Does Mm -hmm. she raise her fist in the air and say, God damn you, Bertrand? Yes. Why? You knew what a mess he was. That's exactly why he did it. (laughs) (laughs) See, rebellious would be, fuck this shit, I'm out. (laughs) That's true. Very true. Very true. (laughs) That's true. Oh, my gosh. Matthew, he is a mess. But... The thing is with Matthew, he's such a complex character and everything he goes off to do. I mean, was she still watching over him when he was going off doing poetry? And that was just before, I think that was just before the poetry in the 12th century was just prior to her meeting Matthew. Yeah. Well, okay. So Bertrand and her were t- together for approximately 50 years. Mm-hmm. He died because of. Eleanor, and she talks about seeing them around Jerusalem, one, one dark, one, one bright. So mm-hmm. she, it sounds like they were, Matthew was his wingman when they met and mated, and then Matthew went away. Cause when he was mooning about with poetry in the 12th century, that was when he was in Paris and got called back to Jerusalem. Back to, right. And then the okay. whole Eleanor thing happened. Right. So at least okay. they got a honeymoon period without Matthew and his nonsense. Was it you who was saying that she wasn't married to Bertrand very long? Yeah, 50 years. That was it. Oh my gosh. That was it. Which is a lot in human terms. That's a blink of an eye. I mean, even for Fernando and Hugh was longer than that. 600. They had had six centuries and that wasn't enough. And we don't know how many centuries Isabeau and Philippe had. Philippe were together, yeah. There you go. Has Deb said 50? Yeah, because it says 50. It's 50 and I think times convert when Phoebe reads her blood. Got it. Yeah, it was less than a century. Does it say anything else about Miriam, like her star sign or her? <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because all of that, is, her birth is, uh, human birth is unknown. Her time of remaking is unknown. Oh, um, okay. Oh, and don't forget a lot of this, since uh, World of All Souls came out before Times Convert, none of the information that we get in Times Convert has been incorporated in this. So mm-hmm. this is true. Okay. It's more of a snapshot than a true, true reference volume. So. All right. Well, let's talk about her in Times Convert. What were your impressions when you read about Miriam in Times Convert? God, she was like really a super old school kind of noble family parent, as in let the servants read 
raised the kids hands off in a lot of ways. She had a lot of rules, but she was very hands off. I think that was more her style anyway. Well, that's what I, I'm saying. I, I she was very hands off on the whole thing. And I almost wonder yeah. in some ways whether it's because she was, I don't want to say scared, but not confident in her ability to parent given what had happened with both of her daughters. Both of them died. And we never yeah. got any details about those deaths yeah. either. The details we did get is like, mm, this is did not end well. Oof. So, yeah, which is kind of impression I personally got. It was like she let so much of it to Freya to do. Because, I mean, if you right. look at it, she did a pretty damn good job with Marcus after the clusterfuck that Matthew yeah. started oh, yeah. with, started it off as. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Matthew was a terrible parent. <laughs> Matthew and Miriam both, both struck me as old school, like a 50s parent where the dad, yeah. well, we- when you play t-ball, I'm not going to be involved. But when you get to baseball, oh, I'm all in, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to me when you're like fully formed. I'll talk to you later. Right, exactly. <laughs> Get on the boat. Gal's us. Go take care of you. Yeah. Yep. Later. Laters. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Miriam, I feel like she was hands off. I, I feel like, I don't know when I think about uh, when I, the only person I can compare it to in my own life is my father who worked full time, came home, uh, you know, drank his little drink, watched his little TV, said goodnight kids. He was the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. He was the one, you know, he was the one that my mom referred problems to, you know. <laughs> Your dad and my dad both, and my dad was out of town a lot. Yeah, 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 my father too. So did you have the threat of, wait till your father gets home, and Gene, in your case, you're like, oh shit, I'm worried for weeks now. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) absolutely. I don't, I think a lot of my respect for my father for a good period of time in my childhood was fear. Sure. It wasn't, uh, oh, that's my daddy. It was fear. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to please him, but ultimately the man scares the shit out of you. Oh, yeah. I feel like Miriam was the same kind of parent. I agree. You know? I kind of agree. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing with my father, he would give you rope to hang yourself with. Ooh, Be like, okay, even go worse. ahead and do this. Let your choices be your own. But yeah, I feel like Miriam, when she let Phoebe go out on the town with her sunglasses and, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> came back and she's like, yeah, how'd that go for you? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll listen to me next time. So I, I do feel like she... I mean, she was the head of her clan, so maybe this is the style she was used to disciplining the people under her. Not unlike Philippe. Philippe was kind of the same way, where Isabel would coddle Matthew and Philippe be like, you know what, I'm tired of you. (laughs) (laughs) Something to think about. But anything stand out for you? about Miriam in Times Convert. She, I, I kind of like that little bit with with Sonia because we got to see a sociable side of her. Yeah. That really stood out for me because it was like, oh, wait, she's got a whole life outside of all this de Claremont bullshit. Right. Which I kind of like. she kept like, saying to Phoebe, you know, this is grown people talk. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Phoebe... Oh, wow. It, it was very like, very like madman, madman in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Madman parenting that, in the 50s, 60s. Yeah. So it's that same kind of thing where it's like adults are talking. Yeah. You need to shut your trap. Children should, <laughs> children should be seen and not heard, including vampire children. Exactly. I know you think you're grown, but sit down. Have a seat. Yeah, you've got a lot Have to several learn. several seats. <laughs> so let me introduce the new facet. She's godmother to Rebecca. How do you think that'll go? I think she will. No, I think she'll be better at being a godmother than she will be at being a mother. What makes you think that? I'm curious. A, 
say it's not all on her. That's true. She can give her back. Well, well, <laughs> and there's also what four or five godparents involved. Yeah, yeah. And I just think she may may be surprising in that role, just the way same way Baldwin's very surprising in that role as a uncle to Becca. Yeah, and a god. I, yeah. I, I mean, I yeah. I don't know that her relationship is genuine or not with Rebecca, but Baldwin's just maybe because we're shown it. It just yeah. seems genuine. Yeah, and we haven't really seen her her relationship with Becca yet. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before with Baldwin to veer off the Miriam, but Baldwin, I don't think a lot of people like him. And I think this is in the story as well as, you know, fans. Mm -hmm. But I, well, I mean, more so since the TV, but yeah. you guys know what I'm saying. Within the world of the book, a lot of people don't give him a chance. And he's not shown a lot of affection. So maybe Becca is the first. Well, yeah, she just being to show him some kind of affection that we've seen in, in the book yeah. that we've yeah. seen. And so he's going to respond in kind because you like people who like you. Yeah. It's just nature. It's, it's human you know? nature. So especially yeah. a kid. I mean, <laughs> when a kid, yeah. a kid gravitates towards you, you're like, okay. Yeah, but the other thing is kids and kids and dogs can see beyond all the artifice yeah. and, and see yeah. into yeah. your... Oh, animals do sense that. They, into they, your soul. Friend or foe. Yeah. They, know, they know right away. And toddlers are the same way, too. They know a friend or foe right away. Yeah. So and so if you see a toddler or a dog or a cat shine away from somebody, oh, look twice. Yeah. Side eye them. Side eye Oh, <laughs> my dog shies away from somebody. I'm like, you can get out. You can get out of my house right now. Thanks. You know, my dog has only shied away. Well, growled at somebody, only one person. And I had to take him down to the basement because my dog is big. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's wrong with that kid? Because right. Growler, all you got to do is give him a milk bone and he's your best friend. He'll <laughs> yeah. show you where my jewelry is. So, but yeah, I had to really think his hackles went up. Oh yeah, my God. I was like, wow, I'm taking the dog down to the basement because I'm not about to get sued by this kid's parents. Yeah. Right. So, and the fact that his hackles went up told you, yeah, and he's probably kind that, that kind of person right there. Yeah. And then when the next time I saw, this is when Asa was like 14 or 15, uh -huh. next time I saw Asa and I was like, what is up with your friend? And <laughs> he's like, I don't know. I'm like, is he scared of dogs? Or is this... <laughs> yeah. He gave out a bad vibe where Rowler doesn't dislike anybody. He really, he barks really loud and he's a good guard dog that way. Yeah. However, this dog is a freaking oh, teddy he's bear. A, he's, he's a pushover. <laughs> he's a teddy bear. He likes anyone who pays him attention. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's that. So did you ever find out what the deal was with this kid down the road or? No, never. Huh. I mean, it's just weird. It could have been he was having an off day or yeah. maybe he kicked a dog that day. That's a perfect <laughs> illustration. Yeah. Oh, he was a yeah. serial killer in training. Could be anything. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he kills squirrels. I don't know. I don't know. They always say serial killers start that way. <laughs> killing small animals. No, it starts with killing people on Sims. <laughs> <laughs> okay, audience, that was on the after show. So if you're interested, patreon.com <laughs> slam demons discuss, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh, anything else about Miriam that you can think of before we end this Miriam discussion I can't wait to see where her character goes I and I kind of this is my suspicion total speculation my total everybody. speculation is that maybe All right, the cool. purple purple notebook is Miriam perhaps I was thinking Baldwin there <laughs> I think Baldwin's notebook's going to be gold. Yeah, yeah, that's my guess. Oh, well, I was reading color. I was reading color psychology when Deb says, "Oh, I've got a purple notebook now." Because I was like, "Okay, yeah, purple does mean royalty, but it means a whole bunch of other things too." And it's 
it's the other things that pur- purple can symbolize was what made me kind of veer away from him. And then ah, I started reading other colors and gold. Gold fits a lot of him and it's not just his love of money. Let's get the audience involved in this. Audience. Deb said she was working on a book and the book is, uh, the, her notepad for that book is purple. For that character right? is purple. Yes. For that character is purple. So she's currently working on this purple notepad. I'll, I'll give you guys some extra clues. Okay, go ahead. Matthew's black. Marcus okay. was red. Gallo glass yep. is green. Okay. So do we want to give up a multiple choice? I mean, we'll save these answers for when she actually reveals the book. Yeah. Maybe we can give out a little prize. Fuck there it. you go. Let's do it. <laughs> Email in your guesses. We'll also open this up in the discusser group and we'll do a dedicated post and y'all can put your guesses there and We'll see who wins. Okay, so if you're not in the discusser group, you can join the discusser group. It's going to take you a while because I only log into that thing maybe once every two weeks. But, you know, just be patient. Uh, the, the way to get into that is in the episode notes and in the show notes if you go to the website. If you want to become a discusser and you're not a discusser, go to demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Put your name and email address on that little form. Send it in. You'll become a discusser that way. The turnaround is a lot faster on that. Also, if you just want to write in, uh, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com and give us your uh, best guess. We'll put these away in an archive as you write in. I'll put it in a, I'll make a special folder. Ooh, in our can we do a spreadsheet? Not till later. Not till later. <laughs> <laughs> Not till later. Okay, so we'll do that. And we'll save all your answers. And, and the winner of that, once Deb reveals who she's working on, what character she's writing on, we will send a little thing. Yay. I love giveaways. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Angela? You? No, I don't. I I actually look forward to... Same with my wishes for Gerber and Domenico. I hope we do get to see Miriam in series two, even 1590s. What was she up to? Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be so much fun. I can't wait to hear anything about her. I mean, I, just anything in the future. Mm-hmm. If they do a book or if she is in the next book, she's got to be in the next book. She's almost larger than life now to me. That's so, why I want the next book to I be I think her they're book. all going to be in all the books, honestly. I think it's going to be like a Times Convert present day where they flit in and out. Yeah, little glimpses of them. Well, Unless, of course, Serpent's Mirror finally gets done. <laughs> oh, jeez. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> Miriam is assigned to Matthew in uh, oh, God. the 1500s. <laughs> My wounds! <laughs> oh, better, better. Worse yet, she's, she's babysitting Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Oh, jeez. In the French court. Which kind of would make sense if you stick Miriam, Miriam in with... Um, who was it that Anne and Mary went to train with? That, or became part of their court when they were young. Yeah, was it Margot or oh, a I Flanders? I can't remember now. But she's hmm. mentioned in Christine Pizan's book. So there's that. Do you know the name of the book so I can put it in the show notes just in case people get interested? Uh, I'll give it to you for the show notes. It's, it's a well-known treatise about women and uh, medieval women. It, it was written in medieval okay. times about women and women's power. It's kind of a proto-feminist manifesto. Excellent, excellent, excellent. It's called, oh, it's called The City of Women. That's what it's called. The City of Women. And I'll put that in the show notes, guys. Okay. I'll put a link. Okay. So if nobody else has anything else to say, we are going to go on to housekeeping. And housekeeping was brought to you by Jody Cozy. Hey, Jody Cozy. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Jody. Housekeeping. 
have a surprise for us <gasps> for housekeeping. Um, I've decided to go on my desk and pull out a couple of snail mails. Oh my goodness. We get sail- snail mails? We do. We do. We do. We got a postcard from Julie B. And she says, Dear Demons, I am so enjoying the series episodes. Yay. Keep up the great work. Demon kisses. And she sent this on a postcard and I will put a picture of it because it's so cute. It's a library. Oh, how fun. I don't know. I hope Julie, 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 did you survive the Masters? Let us Mm. know. Remember, she got her Fitzio shirt for Masters week and she's down in that part of Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. And audience, if you're interested in the Fitzio shirt, a.k.a. Fuck This Shit I'm Out shirt, you can purchase that at go.demonsdiscuss.com slant shop. Yay! I'm so glad we put a pretty link on that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Forward slash A, B, underscore. <laughs> underscore, right. <laughs> okay, so this next one is a card we recently got, and it, this is from Renee from the All Souls Discussion Group. She was recently a guest with us, and... Ooh, what'd we get? Oh, what'd we get? Okay, what? so on the front, she, we, she sent over three packages, all from Wawa. Yes, Wawa! All items from Wawa. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> And she sent this card, and and the front of the card, it's very happy. It says, you made my day. Aww. And I will read it. It's so lovely. It says, Angela, Jean, and Val, thank you so much for letting me hang out with you on the podcast. I had the best time ever. It was so much fun chatting about the show, this crazy little world we play in, and I really love the t-shirt and the swag. And above all things, that I can call you friends. How great is that? It's pretty damn awesome. You ladies are the best. Love, Renee. Oh, love you too, Renee. Uh, thank you. Back at you. And there's a PS here. Since I think of you guys every time in a Wawa, I grabbed you <laughs> a few things. Sorry, mac and cheese doesn't ship well. All the Wawa's mac and cheese. My God, you guys. I can't even describe oh, no. it. I, well, we're going to have to find a Wawa on one of our adventures so I can partake of this. Yeah, we're going to have ambrosia to of the cheese gods. And she said, also passing along an honorary Philly conventicle badges. I know you'll prefer the demon one, but I sent the others in case you ever want to go incognito. Uh-huh. Thanks again for everything. And this was from Renee. Aww, thank, thank, you, you, Renee. Renee. thank you, Renee. I didn't even thank her on Messenger. I just wanted her to hear this on the podcast. So Aww. thank you so much. And I'm going to do an unwrapping of the package she sent. I'm going to just open mine. I'll bring your you guys to the con. So oh, yay. in this package, I am opening it up. She sent us a Goldenberg's Peanut Chew, original dark. I suppose that's chocolate and peanuts. Ooh. Yay. Yummy. A package of Wawa black tea. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> And then a package, a little uh, Wawa coffee thin. It's the edible coffee treat, 100% Colombian. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And then also in here, she has included the badges for the uh, Philly, Convetical. Uh, Philly, New Jersey, Delaware Conventicle. Yay. I would say the Mid-Atlantic Conventicle. She sent us a demon version, just like the books. It's yellow. Ooh. A lovely witch version, with just like the books and Times Convert for that special edition. This one's blue. We have the vampire version, red. So she sent us all three. Oh, so we can like, we w- hide out if we need to. Yeah, we can, you know, show up at one of their conventicles and say, yeah, we belong. What's up? Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a demon. I'm a witch. See, right. my dad says Ooh. so. <laughs> Right here. But yeah, right that, here. That's what we got. So thank you, Renee. Thank you, Renee. That's so lovely. Anyway, 
that's all we have for housekeeping. Just kind of boring today, but actually it's really cool. Yes. I, I like these badges. They're awesome. And snail mail is so much fun to get. Yeah, it is. I love sending it out. I love getting it, but I feel like we get a lot of snail mail, little things and from our listeners here and there. And, you know, I just put them aside for just in case. Maybe I want to share them. Maybe I don't. <laughs> I send the girls pictures every time like I get You can act like Matthew and Pierre and put aside the gifts that are left on the doorstep. That's just not right. No, I have to share. I have to share. Well, so. Pierre only did it because Matthew said. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's all Matthew's fault. <laughs> all right, guys. Are you ready? Are you ready for Save It for the Show? Yes. yes. This episode of Save It for the Show is brought to you by Eric Ravensclaw. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Thank Eric. Thank you, Eric. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. What was the topic of Save It for the Show again? <gasps> so many people are coming into the fandom thanks to the AMC BBC America showing of the first season. I mean, like, huge amounts of people. It's kind of cool. So the topic would be welcome BBC America and AMC watchers. Yes. yes. To the fandom. Mm-hmm. Yay. I know. So much fun. And I, and a lot of them are just new to the books and new to everything. Impressionable minds. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find when you traverse the Facebook space, you're the one that goes group to group Uh occasionally, do you find a lot of people watch a TV show and then are really curious about the books? Yes. I'm seeing a lot of that lately. I I would think I would be that way too. Well, yeah. And I think a lot of it is because Dub's vampires are a little bit different and I think it intrigues people. Hell, it even intrigues Al. Although he, really? yeah, he was kind of like, well, wait a minute. What are they doing out in the daylight? He knows enough about vampires to know that, that I uh, shouldn't be out. Why are they out in the daylight? Wait a minute. Oh, you know, that kind of, he knows like the old school rules. And he's like, are you sure these are vampires? I'm like, yes, those rules are not really rules. They're all just human constructs. Yes. All myths. Not saying he's so has he been watching? Yes, he's watching it with we're watching it together on Sunday night. His big bitch was he wanted the the stag to be turned into a vampire stag because he's just <laughs> twisted that way. Oh, see now in our house we, on Sundays, it's Game of Thrones and I'm sure we can DVR it, but we DVR so many shows as it is. Yeah. And usually Sunday nights I'm going off to work and Robert's left to his own devices. For us is, uh, I think we're just going to back set Game of Thrones because it was like way, way too much to get caught up over the summer just to watch this final season. Yeah. 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 So my mom and Brad are caught up to Game of Thrones, oddly enough. But we're a Billions family on Sunday nights. Oh, yeah. Ah, See, we would be a Billions family before Game of Thrones family, too, I think. Mm, I see. I haven't ventured into that yet. I've watched a couple of episodes. It's awesome. It's so smart. They incorporate so much. I don't know. It's like it's Easter egg heaven, really. You don't even realize it, but it's it's completely Easter egg heaven around this whole cat and mouse plot and you never know who's going to get who. You think, okay, well, it's the prosecutors going after the hedge fund. But it's not. It's every. It's it's inner politics. It's oh yeah. What it's you all least this inter- internecine politics and everything else. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a uh, house of cards. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that. <laughs> and that's that's kind of the two shows I referenced. Brad was saying something. Well, that can't happen. I said, don't you watch Billions and House of Cards? Of course it can happen. That's how they do things. Man. <laughs> that's how that's how things work. Right. I, I realize it's not a politically correct thing to do, Kevin Spacey notwithstanding, but damn, I like that show. It is so kind yeah. of 
convoluted. It's so scary. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like the dark side of the West Wing. Yes, <laughs> true. Which is kind of well, funny because we're watching, we're, we're, we started watching House of Cards and then Netflix has all of the West Wing episodes. And in the last ooh. week or so, Alan and I are like, ooh, West Wing. I don't remember. It's like, West I don't Wing remember. was very feel good to me though. No, that's exactly my point. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. It's like, you almost have to watch some West Wing after House of Cards because otherwise you'd never sleep at night. Right. That's what I mean. It's scary. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you need the brain bleach of Josiah Bartlett and, yeah. and the idealism of, of, uh, Sam Seaborn to like be able to function. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, okay. We'll get back to a discovery, which is here in a minute. Yes. But, uh, House of Cards. So that last season where, uh, Kevin Spacey wasn't on it. Don't. Uh, what did you think of I that? I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, okay. 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 But okay. I'm loving her character. She is very Lady Macbeth already. And we're oh, only in like season two. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. I won't spoil it. Cause I've watched the whole House of Cards oh. and I see what's going on. And, and then when certain people say that's fake news, I'm like, no, I think that's real actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I've seen oh, House no. of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay. Maybe this isn't correct either, but Billions made a Spacey reference. They're like, because they got screwed over. They're like, we we took it from behind, Spacey style. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, he said sneaky and Spacey style. Oh, my God. <laughs> but they're always making references like that. I mean, like, really, just, their, their, their writer's room is so in tune to, like, exactly what's going on in pop culture on Billions, which is oh, part yeah. of the reason I, that show is just so fascinating. So back to discovery, which yeah. is yes, that's the topic <laughs> ahead. You know what? Oh, but, ahead, but that beautiful thing about back to discovery, which is there's all these smart shows that are on Sunday night, and look at the numbers it's drawing. Yes, yeah. I mean it's doing yes. really, really well. So have you guys been watching it on yes. uh, AMC? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What does Brad think? Um, he likes it. I mean, the second time around, he liked it the first time around, but then he got caught in the middle there where he's like, oh, it's a love story. You know, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I was too. But, yeah, yeah. But now he's, he likes it. He does like it. He's engaged. Yeah. So. Okay, good. Yeah. Cause it only gets more violent after the love. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> violent and crazy. And double crossing and yeah. Then the congregation is like, I don't know. It's kind of a more cartoonish version of House of Cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A shorthand version more, of House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. But I see the people on Twitter live tweeting and their observations are interesting. They're astute. They're funny. Uh-huh. Um, I don't see a whole lot of negative. There is a little bit of negative out there, but it's almost As like. All things. It, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's more. Like not not seeing the big picture. Like okay, just wait, just wait. There's more. Okay, yeah. you yeah. might not may think that's believable, but just wait. It'll become believable. You'll get sucked in at one yeah. point. Yeah. There'll, there'll be a point. There will be well, a point. Well, even someone tweeted, in. "I'm I'm I'm hate tweeting. I mean, I'm hate watching a discovery of witches, and I can't stop. I'm like, are you really though? Are you really hate watching by this point? <laughs> you can't, you can't stop. It's not hate watching, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> when you're saying you're hate watching, what you're really doing is saying, I really don't want to like this, but I like. Yes. The fuck out of this <laughs> yeah but that's, by that's, and large the reaction is so positive yes yeah uh, well i think i scheduled our post for uh episode four coming up wow. which would which will be out by the time no actually episode four yeah it'll be out by the time you guys will be going on episode five by the time this episode of ours comes out so yes. yeah i scheduled episode four for a monday can splash. we mention our giveaway we can. 
We decided to do that. Yeah, after they hear this, the giveaway will be up. So go ahead, Angela. I'm going to let you. uh... (laughs) We're having what we're calling a mid-season giveaway. And we're going to give away. Should we reveal the prizes here? Because it'll be up. Yeah. Okay. So we're giving away the TV tie-in. The cover is Matthew Good and Teresa Palmer is Matthew and Diana. And then we're partnering with All Souls Illustrated and our wonderful friend, Karen. And she's giving away five beautifully inspired by the All Souls trilogy uh, prints. Yeah, I know. Okay, so print slash postcards, how we want to display them. They're so pretty. She's yeah, she's doing the All Souls Con badge as well, and I think one one of those illustrations will be up for grabs too. And from the picture you showed me. So, so this episode, I have to keep myself straight in the timeline here. This episode will be out. And then the next week, look out for that giveaway. It will start. We'll start it the Monday. Oh my God. Yay. That's right, audience. Next week, look out for that giveaway. It's open to all. And thank you, Karen. Yeah. And don't forget the AMC sweepstakes giveaway. Oh, AMC sweepstakes. That's right. That's going to go on to when did we establish? I think it's May 3rd. It's till the end of the show run. Okay. May 3rd. We will have a link to that in the show notes. Make sure you enter. Yes, you have to be a U.S. resident of the lower 48 states. So Alaska and Hawaii. Sorry, guys. Everybody overseas. Sorry, guys. It is put on by AMC. AMC is an American network. So maybe poke your own broadcasters and say, hey, can we have a sweepstakes? Can we have a giveaway? Something, yeah. you know. But I'll put the link for that in the show notes. And the trip is two tickets to All Souls Con. Airfare, I believe, airfare. Airfare hotel, hotel and two tickets to the con. All you need is your passport. Don't be like us. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, you're, not, you're not like us because we both have our passport. We have our passport. And my card came. So, hey, I'm fancy. So fancy. Angela, nothing yet? Uh, May 1st, it says. Yeah. May 1st. All right. Woo! Almost there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We're almost all legal. Yeah. I laugh because they all took a look at it and goes, He's, they're going to send you into that small room because you look like a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> you over there. <laughs> well, you guys saw my passport picture. Oh. Robert's like, oh, you got your passport. I was like, yeah. He's like, where's it? I was like, it's locked away and you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake of letting him see mine. It's like, that's this oh, is the grief I got. It was a bad day in Costco that day. My hair was wet. I just look like, well, who brought her in? C- who drug her in? CBS <laughs> was like, you cannot smile. You are not allowed to smile. I was just going to say that. A tip to anyone who's going to apply for a passport, you can smile and you should smile if, well, if a gosh, smile even, is natural. Even the guy at the post office lo- looked at it and he goes, you went to CVS, didn't you? I said, yeah. And he told me I couldn't smile. He goes, yeah, they tell everybody that they shouldn't be doing that. Well, I had someone at the post office. I had, she's like, well, they don't like you to smile. So I didn't smile. It was, so it was her fault, too. Well, I just oh laughed because the passport officer, our post office is like, yeah, you went to CVS. Like, yeah. <laughs> the clerk over at the courthouse was like, she was all harried because it was family court day. Oh. And so there was screaming, screaming ladies because they have just been separated from their children. And it was so heartbreaking. I'm serious. I'm oh. standing in line going, oh, my God. Really? This is on this floor? This is supposed to be a happy trip. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was like, yeah, it's family court day. Anyway. 
anyway, where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're about to be passported up. And if you win that giveaway, you'll get to see us. You'll meet other people, too. You'll meet Laura. You'll meet Karen. You'll meet, uh, I think, uh, Kate from Chamomile and Clove is going. Lots of our discussers are going. And all the names you hear us read on this podcast. Deb will be there. And who knows who else will be there? Hmm. I was being mysterious. A lot of our discuss. It's going to be a lot of discussers there. So yeah. look for some shenanigans off ours. Yep. Yep. And um I'm going to say it on the public show. We are planning a small, intimate demon hour, not an all call. So uh if you're going to be there, we'll, you'll have the details and, and yep. you'll know where to go. We don't know where we're going yet. Is it the same place, Jean? I'm, I'm hoping it's going to. I'm hoping it is. I'm thinking okay. it is. Right. Um, for the, you folks who aren't in the discussers group, shoot us an email if you're going to be there. Yeah. Let us yeah. know. Or even just. Just respond on one of the discussor emails you get. Yeah, saying, hey, I'm going to be at All Souls Con, yep. so where do I need to go? And most likely I'm going to write you back and say, I don't know yet. i got to check with Gene. But- <laughs> yeah. We'll send out a blast email before we leave the country for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, anything else before we move on to last thoughts and things we cannot let go of? Going once, going twice, nothing. So, all right. <laughs> Stand by, listen to us, our little promo break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about last thoughts. Yay! Woohoo! Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at Demons Discuss or at Demons Domain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there, too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., text A-D-O-W as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text A-D-O-W to 444-999. Or visit demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the form and spammer code, and that's it. You're a discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com, to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! Okay, any last thoughts? Hmm... Okay, while you guys are thinking, Uh, I'm going to bring up that All Souls Con only has about 20 tickets left. That's it. So if you're interested, go to allsoulscon.org slant tickets. And uh, if you're in the UK, it's right in your backyard. If you're not, it'd be a nice trip to the UK, provided you have your passport and and proper information. Get on those hotel (laughs) rooms because Man United and is it Real Milan? Or is it Milan AC are playing in town that weekend now, too? Yay. Oh, gosh. Manchester United. You know how crazy it gets around those games. We really get the full experience now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Not only only do we get footy, we get Manchester United, which is an extraordinarily well-traveled team. So Cardiff is going to be nuts. Ole, 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 ole. Do they have? To, is this the sport that they have those horns? Yes, yes. <laughs> I hate those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> the air horns are very popular. You, you guys have not been surrounded by this. This will be a new thing, and I'm going to giggle because... Oh my God! Well, oh my God! I, I I think the the experience I had back in the dawn of time is probably just an itty bitty inkling of it because we had World Cup games in Detroit and the team playing at the time was Brazil and it was nuts. Oh, yeah. It was nuts because people traveled because. Brazil was playing footy, and the uh, Formula One Grand Prix was the same weekend, and that was when Arrington Senna was alive and driving, and it was insane. Yeah. People, it, wasn't there a little resurgence here in the U.S. a couple years ago? Yeah. And then now it's gone again? <laughs> yeah. I think it was more thanks to the, the girls than the guys. Yeah. The women's it soccer was. team is so, was so... Wonderful. I happened to be in Italy this some year in the 80s where uh, I happened to be in Rome when Italy won uh, the World Cup. And oh, my God, I, I don't even remember how old I was, maybe 12, 13. And I was standing on the balcony of the hotel and couldn't believe all the cars honking their horns, the big Italian flags waving back and forth. And I was like, wow, wow. what the hell? And this is before football was a huge thing in the U.S. or Baseball, well, baseball was kind of more huge in the U.S. than football was at the yeah. time. But people go nuts. I mean, they're, nah. <laughs> I have never seen anything nuts like that. No, not since the Seahawks won. The Seahawks won, even my street <laughs> kind of went nuts. Say, well, we don't really have anything that's supported by the country, a team that's supported by the country. Uh, the only thing I could think would be the closest that might happen Olympics? Is, is the U.S. Uh, soccer team when they played Russia or USSR back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the Olympics, if we win, you know, if we happen to win soccer, yeah, but that's, that would that's be a nothing. big deal. That's nothing that we would go out into the streets for. No, no. There'd be a bunch of bandwagoners, though. Yeah. All of a sudden, they'd be interested for about six months and I'd be like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, uh, make sure if you want to go to the con, make sure you book your hotel early. Make sure you have your passport. Uh, buy tickets are cheap. Didn't Renee say they're pretty cheap right now? Uh, I know Renee said she got a, a Virgin Atlantic yeah. flight for like four fifty out of New yeah. Jersey. That's so great. if you're, so. you're East Coast, jump on Virgin Atlantic and see what kind of deals they got. Even if you're not East Coast, I mean West Coast, my nonstop flight was cheaper than the ones with stops. So you never know. Just check around. Yeah, that's kind of I mean, flaky right now. It was cheaper for me to fly up to Chicago and fly out with Angela than it was to fly direct from Dallas. That's yeah, just no weird. So there's that. Okay, on to you guys' last thought, because that was mine. Fine, be that way. Um, ah. <laughs> uh, well, I think kinda, I kind of blew my last thought when I talked about the Purple Notebook. But okay. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm excited to find out just exactly what Miss Deb has up her sleeve, because it seems like she's been awfully busy doing an awful yeah. lot of writing. I think she's, she's I think got she's writing herself, about a lot of people, though. Yeah. yeah, I think she's got herself on a timetable to at least get one of them done before the end of the year from what she has said so far because she mm. was i think she's planning on having a book in the editor's hands by christmas that was from her facebook live yes. her last one okay i'll make sure i put that in the show yes, notes that was too, from so my last this that morning out. that gallo glass is not going to be for a number of years okay she just started her research i'm a little relieved though okay don't kill me audience i know there's a lot of gallo glass fans out there shelly i'm looking at you oh shelly anyway. an understanding gallo glass fan though she's yeah, realistic she is um i i need a break from gallo glass i need him 
to wander the earth for a while and think about what he did. I mean, he needs okay. to get his shit together because he's been the spoiled grandson for way, way, way too many years. No, I'm not taking away for all the good things he did as far as looking over Diana, making sure she got in trouble with Rudolph, killing all those people. Being... But his motivation might have been <laughs> yeah. skewed. Well, well, I was say, I'd, I'd act spoiled too, just for all the shit you made me do. <laughs> but yeah, I, I need a break from Gal Glass. He's on timeout with me. I need Gal Glass and Hancock together because I need hand, I need the steadying wit of Hancock. Yeah. Is what I need. I look at it that I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yes, of course I want Serpent Smear. I always want Serpent Smear today. Mm-hmm. My wounds again. <laughs> but I don't really care. That's the one thing that Deb has taught me that about Book Whatever. of Life, not yeah. about me, about Times Convert. I don't even know what I want. You're telling me what I want and I'll gladly take it. So if it's Gallagher, there, there, so, it. there are so much to want. Yeah. Well, and what I'm dying to find out is remember several, she always talks about taking research trips mm-hmm. for her writing. Yes. Remember several years ago when she, was she in Istanbul? And all those spices. All those spices when she was, she was off hither, thither and yon. I am dying to see where and how that ends up in a book. Because that yeah. seems to me we may be looking at some Crusader era stuff, which I would love. Mm. Maybe some, maybe. maybe some backstory with Godfrey and and okay, Hugh. Okay, see, I'm watching you do it. I don't want your heart to break. No, my heart won't. <laughs> I can't. My heart won't break because I want it all. I, I'm very Veruca Salt on this one. I'll take whatever I can get, and I want it all. So she needs to start writing faster. <laughs> you know, Angela, when you said uh, she's telling you what you want, you know that's Steve Jobs' philosophy. It's like you didn't even know you. You want this. Yes, but exactly. You want it. Yeah. And I gave you that my boss analogy the other day. Deb, serve me the food you want me to eat. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you suggest? Yes. <laughs> I know. No, I'm not. Oh, my gosh. heart's not going to be broken because I think we'll all get, we'll get all of it eventually. And like Angela yeah. said, it, we'll love it. I, I, well, I think I know I'll love it because I see a lot of naysaying with the Times convert and it's like, I think they were expecting a different book. No, they were expecting part four of the Matthew and Diana trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got part of that. I mean, the, to me, I wasn't ex- expecting that. You got a bunch of epilogue in there for Matthew and Diana. And I'm still, yeah. I'm still a little bit, um, miffed that Diana is the only one that's in the first person, but that's an issue between me and my God. <laughs> yeah. See, that's another example of why I'll, I'll just take whatever because I didn't think I'd like the twins. And I, oh, not, I and not them personally, but a story about the twins. But I loved it. I loved every section of Times Covered. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. I, you know yeah. me. I was kind of anti-twins because everybody's like, oh, my God, the twins, the twins. And even Deb was kind of like, well, what are you going to do with toddlers? And then she figured out some way to make them interesting. Yeah. I was definitely in the camp. Was What's so interesting about these little people? Well, these little people are a great. I, to me, as we sit here now, these those little people are a great catalyst for everybody else. I mean, yeah, yeah. how they react to them. Yeah. And it brings out a lot of personality in the, like Agatha in the books previously. I mean, we got to see a lot more of Agatha and, um, the show. The Times convert Agatha was a lot more Tanya Agatha. Yes. She was very, and she dressed up Sarah kind of funny, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she was kind of earth mama and, and, and ground. She was way more grounded than discovery of witches Agatha. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. agree. We only got a glimpse of Agatha and discovery yeah. of witches. And I'm glad we got to see more oh, of her I know. both in Times Convert and on the TV show. So that was great. The thing with the twins is Deb gets to break new ground. She can make totally new rules because there's never been ch- children, vampire witch hybrids. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. Nothing we read about. She just put down some basic things in Book of Life saying, okay, they live longer than, than a witch, than a warm blood. And, uh, yeah. you know, they can be more witch than vampire, more vampire than witch. They did exist. So uh, what we're seeing now is, wow. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't want to spoil it for you people that haven't read it. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. That was tough when we had Times Convert. Yeah. I'm like, what if I blurt out something <gasps> by accident? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, the whole syrup being also oh so surreptitious in line at the con. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, the dad's God. like, so what do you think? Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, we haven't read that yet. So much for being discreet. She just looked at us like, bullshit, you've read it. <laughs> Well, I know we're tr- we're trying to slip her the arcs to yeah. have them sign, and she's like, "Oh my god, what? Oh my god, oh my god, Debs, you just gave us away. Thanks, right? <laughs> Thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. Anyway, that's my last thought. <laughs> okay, Jean <laughs> and Angela both had a combined last thought. Okay, so anything else? Anything else before we say goodbye, everybody? Bye, everybody. Bye, bye, everybody. Mwah. Demon kiss, and we'll talk to you in a fortnight, everybody. Bye.